Did you hear that? What? What? That. That noise. Was that the horror comedy podcast? With Jake and Haley, Sundays and Wednesdays. The only podcast where we get high and try to scare you and share short, scary stories. Contains marijuana. Keep away from children. It's the horror comedy podcast. It's the ho ho horror comedy podcast. That's right, baby. It's a special seasonal edition of your most favoriteest scary stoner podcast where I get high and I tell you a scary story. Since it's Wednesday, that means this is a mini episode. So I'm going to read to you. Oh my God, my cats are fighting. I'm going to read to you some scary stories that I found on the internet. If you have a scary story, please email it to us at thehorrorcomedypodcast at gmail.com. That's P-O-T-C-A-S-T. We're also on Facebook at the Horror Comedy Podcast as well as Instagram at THC Podcast. Baby, I don't know what I'm smoking. I wish I could tell you. It's very good. I'm very high. Actually, we're smoking some weed that our cousin Paul grew. Good job, cousin Paul. Hanukkah's over. We had a great Hanukkah. Christmas is coming. It's here on Friday. I wanted to put together some scary stories that are super spooky and super seasonal. Santa's coming down your chimney and in his sack of gifts, what he brought for you is a nightmare. And uh, here it is. So this is from an anonymous user on the paranormal board of 4chan. Also, I'm going to stick a warning at the top of this episode that this first story does have a dog dying in it. Uh, It's about nine minutes long, so just skip ahead until you hear the creepy music, and that's how you know you're safe. I'm a single mom. I have a five-year-old son. My husband died three years ago. He was crushed to death in a machine at work. I did get some settlement money from his accident, which I used to buy a Victorian house, which the previous owner had modified into a fourplex. The front of the house is our apartment, with the sunroom up front. The first tenant has to walk past our apartment to get to their apartment on the first floor. Basically, the first level of this house was split hamburger, not hot dog, meaning it's split, you know, sideways and not long ways. I don't know if that makes sense, but that's what I gathered from what she was saying. Anyway, if you walk past the first tenant's door, you can go to the back door. The back door of the house leads to a stairwell. The doors have been modified. You need to be buzzed in and out or have a key so that we can prevent package theft. Those stairs have access to all apartments, but also it's the only way to the top two apartments. I rent the other three units out so that I can work at home part-time to make sure I'm there for my son. I have a great son. He's smart, he's talkative, he's gentle, he's a funny boy. He's friends with everyone. Sometimes he's, like, too friendly. I spoil him at his Christmas and at birthdays. 
His grandpa on his dad's side comes disguised as Santa to visit every Christmas. My son loves the visits from Santa. Around December, he talks about Santa all the time. This year, though, he started to also talk about Mrs. Claus. I thought it was weird, and I also hoped that he would drop it so that I didn't have to try to get a Mrs. Claus to come visit this year, too. My son and I have a usual morning routine. We get breakfast, I give him a bath, and then I set him up in the sunroom to play for about an hour or two while I work in the living room adjacent. On this one day, I can hear him talking a lot. It sounds like he's having a full conversation. So I go to check on him. Our goofy dog follows me into the sunroom. He goes apeshit immediately. He runs to the window barking and losing it as if he just saw the devil. It's not like him. I think maybe it was a rabbit or something hiding in the bushes that run along our house. My son says, though, that it was Mrs. Claus coming to visit. I'm like, okay, weirdo, and I go back to my work. But my dog won't come with me. In fact, the dog won't leave my son's side. Two more times, I hear the dog bark and go ballistic at the window. People walk by our sunroom all the time to get to the back, so this dog is used to it. He's used to the postman coming up to our mailbox. I mean, there's no, I've never seen him act like this, and I'm not sure why he's so upset. And then I hear a loud bang. My son starts crying. The dog's losing his shit. It's absolute chaos. I rush in, and there's nobody standing near the sunroom. The dog is freaking out at the window, and my son is freaking out too, crying, saying, Mrs. Claus threw a rock at the dog. Mrs. Claus is mean. Stuff like that. I take my son to another room and try to figure out what, if anything, he saw. He told me he couldn't say anything about Mrs. Claus because then the Christmas magic wouldn't work and Santa wouldn't come. He said some other things about her magic, talking to him and offering him snacks and doing magic tricks. It sounded like he was just playing make-believe. Still, though, I was freaked out and I did call Grandpa over to hang out with us for the rest of the day. He left that night. And when I went to go to bed, my dog would not stop pacing around the house. The next morning, we do our usual routine, but I ask my son to please stay in the living room and play with me while I work. The dog is in the backyard playing. About 30 minutes later, I go to get the dog. The dog is dead. There's foam coming out of his mouth. Nothing is externally wrong with him. My son is not okay. The vet said that it would cost serious money to do labs and an autopsy to figure out why he died. He was a seven-year-old, large breed dog. The vet said it was probably a natural death. Still tragic, though. My son and I go home, heartbroken. Later that evening, my son is hanging out and playing while I make dinner. I hear him giggle a little for the first time all day, and then he goes silent. I run to go check on him, and he's laying flat on the floor. His lips are turning blue. I call 911, we rush him to the hospital, and it turns out that my son had somehow got a huge dose of Benadryl and overdosed. CPS has called, and now CPS is coming around, as if things weren't bad already. That's Child Protective Services, if y'all listen and don't know. I childproof my house even more than it already is. I put locks on top of the doors, medicine in the safe. I mean hardcore childproofing. I also don't leave my son at all by himself now. I start sleeping on the floor in his room. I hear his little voice talking late at night. It sounds like he's having an argument. 
I shoot up fast, and I hear some banging noises, but I don't see anything. Again, he says he was talking to Mrs. Claus. I ask him some questions about what she looks like, and he describes an old lady with white hair, wearing a red shirt, wearing little glasses. I mean, it sounds like a ghost. I'm scared, I'm shaken up, but I do go back to sleep, and the next morning I get a frantic call from a tenant. There's a squirrel trapped in the back staircase. Someone propped open the door and left it that way overnight, and the animal got in. I chased out the squirrel after much effort and closed the door, and I hung a sign reminding everyone to not prop open doors, ever. The whole time, I felt watched. I was starting to think that my house was really haunted. I go inside, and we begin our morning routine. While drinking my coffee, I start to feel really weird. I have blurred vision. I feel extremely fatigued and unsteady. I can barely stand up, let alone hold my coffee. So I drop the mug in my stupor, and it splits, it breaks up, it spills everywhere, and I notice some white powder at the bottom of the cup. I try to call Grandpa, and while doing so, I drop my phone. I collapse, but I can hear the back doorknob turn. And to my panic, to my horror, it was unlocked. I tried to get to my feet, horrified. The child safety lock at the top of the door was the only thing stopping whoever was at the back door from getting in. My son was hysterical, screaming, let Mrs. Claus in, let Mrs. Claus in, let her in, she's here, let her in. Grandpa shows up, thank God, and then the police show up shortly after. Locked in the back staircase, clawing at my back door like a rabid animal, was a white-haired old woman with no teeth. She was skinny and emaciated, wearing dirty clothes, a filthy red shirt. She was clearly homeless. She had white, curly hair and wire-rimmed round glasses. In the bushes that surround the outside of my house, police found empty bottles, trash, a few discarded packages of Benadryl, a step stool, some blankets, cans of food, winter clothes, tons of trash. This woman had been sleeping outside of my house for days, talking to my child, convincing him to do things, throwing stuff over the fence for him or sneaking it through open windows. She had convinced my son to dump powder into my coffee that morning and convinced him to unlock the back door so that she could come in. She had been buzzed in mistakenly by a tenant the day before, which is when she propped open the door so that she could come back in cloak of darkness and hide. She probably watched me chase the squirrel around and hang the signs up. She had been tapping on windows for at least the past week, trying to get my son's attention, and somehow talking to him very quietly through those windows, probably most likely ducking down into the bushes whenever somebody came near. That day, when I tried to call Grandpa, the call went through before I dropped my phone. He heard the woman screaming about how she wanted her baby. I don't even remember her yelling at all, but he could also hear my son screaming to let Mrs. Claus in, and he knew that something was terribly wrong, so he called 911 and rushed over. I had to explain to my son that she was pretending to be Mrs. Claus, which made him realize that Santa as a whole 
his people pretending. This is the second worst Christmas we've ever had. Also, a really interesting thing, if she had convinced the uh, son to put the powder in your coffee, is it possible that your son also was the one who gave drugs to the dog? I mean, is that something you'd even want to know as a parent? <laughs> like, did somebody throw a poison meatball over the fence or did my son literally murder this dog? Yeah, that's a fucking horrifying tale. Here's another fucking scary ass Christmas story. When I was 14, I was living in Elkin, North Carolina. My older brother Tyler is 16, two years older than me. We're really close. We had a whole lot of woods behind our property and it went on for a while. It was Christmas break, so all the trees were dead. The ground is really thick with leaves. We go out for a walk like we always do. We don't talk because we can't even hear each other over the crunching leaves. We get to this creek, which may or may not be deep into someone else's private property, but we're not sure. It's not very deep, but a few yards wide. It's a sandy creek bed with leaf clumps by the banks. We are about 15 feet from the water. Tyler is balancing on a rotting log, talking. I'm standing nearby. It's a windless, chilly, overcast sky, and I suddenly felt uneasy before anything even happened. Then there's a noise across the creek like a footstep. Tyler stops talking. The noise comes back and we see some leaves kick up on the other side of the creek. It's like a little puff of leaves just exploded up a little with the crunching sound you'd expect. It's really hard to describe, but it keeps happening. Like maybe it's two seconds between these crunches. Each crunch is a few feet away from the last. My brother Tyler says, Oh, look, there's like an animal over there playing in the leaves. Maybe a mouse, just jumping routinely for some reason, but also covering a lot of ground between jumps. The crunching comes towards us in a line. It reaches the creek. We hear silence. We watch the far bank to see what it is. Seconds pass. Crunch on our side. I think it's got to be like a wind vortex or something. My heart is pounding. I haven't moved. I'm staring at the spot, really looking for something in the leaves. Tyler is gone. My heart stops. He's gone. He's vanished. He's not on the log or anywhere. He was there one second ago. There's nowhere to hide with all these leafless, skinny trees, and if he touched the ground at all, even really far away, I would hear it. I can't stress enough that there was no way he could have just disappeared like that. He's been taken? I hear a crunch right in front of me. I start running. I have no idea if the thing is even chasing me, but I run for my life back home. My chest is killing me, but I can't stop running. I've never been this scared. I'm looking around wildly for Tyler. He's not anywhere. I should have seen him. I get to my backyard where my mom and Tyler are both waiting for me, yelling, he's alive! They look terrified. They're asking what happened and I can't even breathe enough to explain. My lungs are frozen. My mom looks at me frantically and she says, Tyler says you disappeared. 
there's a lot of confusion. Apparently, his account is that the crunching stopped right when the thing crossed the creek. I remember a few more crunches on our shore, and that I had vanished, and he freaked out and ran. I insisted that he disappeared first, and then I ran. They had been waiting for me for a full minute, according to Tyler and Mom. What? That timeline makes no sense. How was I that slow getting back? My mom says that we both just got spooked and ran at the same time, but it still doesn't explain how he got back faster than me. Lots of talk. She gets pretty worried about us because of how freaked out we were. I go inside and get warm. I take a shower to clear my head. Me and Tyler talk about this nonstop for months. It becomes a whole thing where we finally built up the courage to turn to the creek a year and a half later, but we don't find anything. I don't tell a lot of people, and I gradually start downplaying how scary it was to my friends that I do tell. Very emotionally scarring. Very strange. I moved a few years later. Tyler and I will still reminisce and wonder if we imagined it sometimes. I have no idea what happened, and as far as I know, nothing like that has ever happened to anyone. If any of you ghost experts or demonologists have theories, I would be happy to hear them. That is really, really creepy. I hate it. Ho, ho, hold up, motherfucker. I'm scared. It's been a really exciting week for us at the Horror Comedy Podcast. My episode of When I'm High Dropped, I was interviewed by the incredible, talented Spencer Parks. Check out that episode if you want to get to really know me because I really, really opened up. Ah, it makes me so nervous. But check out his work. He's incredible. When I'm High is a really amazing podcast, especially if you are, I don't know, which maybe you are. I don't know. I don't know your life. And I hope you enjoyed our creepy Christmas carols. That song is called Oh Come All Ye Faithful by the Trinity Choir, recorded in 1911. Um, remixed by me to be Nightmare Fuel. Merry fucking Christmas. Thank you for tuning in to the holiday episode of the Horror Comedy Podcast. It is my greatest pleasure to bring this podcast to you. I actually am not even kidding. Happy Hanukkah, happy Kwanzaa, whatever holiday you're into. And um, don't forget to drink water. And we'll see you on Sunday for a full-length episode. <laughs>